Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. This is episode 165. No Anton this week. Anton is uh, having a well-earned break for a week. But we do have Alistair and uh, you are, uh, well, you've been recovering from COVID. You you managed to be about the last person in in the UK to get it, but um, you're now on the mend. Yeah, I gave in to my FOMO. And I have to say that I was bitterly disappointed. It wasn't nearly as much fun as everyone made it out to be. That was, yeah, that wasn't a bundle of laughs. I'm on the way, I'm on the mend, to be honest. I will probably cough all the way through this episode, but you know what? That's fine. It just, it just, it's real. That's what it is. It's real and it's visceral. Unlike Anton, who's having a holiday in the moon or something like that. In fact, actually, did we not hear, is he not starting uh, an emu farm on the moon? Is that what he's doing this week? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's what he's been going on about for ages in every... Yeah, uh, it's a dream. Yeah, moon it's, it's moon emu farm. Dream, yeah. And what are we going to call it? It'll be quite interesting. Um, Anton the moon. I mean, sure. I I can get by that. Yeah, it could work. Uh, So, there is a lot to get through, and we aren't going to be talking about any new news that that might have happened since the Direct, because then we'll have nothing to talk about on Sunday, because our next episode is only a few days away. However, we have a hugely packed show today, because we have some news from earlier in the week, and then, of course, we had a Direct, which I think we predicted would happen in June. It did happen in June, and uh, we're going to come on to that. We won't give away too much for those that haven't seen it, and also we're not going to give our opinions yet because we've got to go through it. Um, It does mean there are no rumours this week. I mean, there are always rumours, but we're not going to talk about rumours this week, so we're going to skip that. But we do have our news, our turbo mode, and then our direct no quiz because Anton's running scared and has run away for the week. Um, I think that's exactly what he's done. He's gone and hid on the moon, to start an emu farm, simply so that he doesn't risk losing the quiz to you. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's managed to somehow survive not losing the lead at any point um, yet, but I think it's coming soon. It's coming soon. I've got confidence. But before we do get started, quick reminder, nsukp.co.uk for everything you need to know about the podcast. There is a way to sign up there and become one of our Patreons. If you do, you get to join our lovely Discord group. There's a bunch of extra podcasts every month and we do some games. I think we've got some Fall Guys coming up soon. We're definitely going to do Fall Guys because we've done plenty of Among Us. But it's just a great place, isn't it? By the way, can you hear the dog barking? I, I can. I was trying to decide if that was at my end or at your end. Yes, there's there's a very excitable dog somewhere nearby you. Let's <laughs> clear the podcast. Um, yeah, I think it's it's that way. Uh, I'm pointing. It doesn't really help on a podcast. But anyway, it's a great place to be, a lovely community. And there was a lot of excitement around the Direct for a couple of announcements, which we'll talk about with our Patreons. But come and join us. That's what I'm saying, Al. It is, yeah. Uh, www. You don't need that bit. www.nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us is where you'll find all of the lovely details and information about how to join up as a Patreon. But I mean, we also value everybody who listens to the show, regardless of whether you're a Patreon or not. And uh, we had a lovely little flurry of reviews for a while there. They were coming in sort of thick and fast. We almost had one every week for a while. That was great. So if you've not left us a review, we would appreciate if you do so. Appreciate even more if it's a you know, five-star, glowing, wonderful one that makes us laugh, cry, absolutely, feel things. Yeah, no, I, we, we we really do appreciate you for listening, for downloading, for supporting us. It is uh, hugely uh, appreciated. We are, uh, as we've said many times before, we do this because we love doing it, not for any other reason. We don't make profit from it. The money goes back into the podcast and hopefully that will continue to happen for a long time to come. But with that, let's 
get started because we have an action-packed episode and we're going to start with the news. Tell us what people want to know. It's kind of weird to be starting with the news and not talking about the direct, but we will come on to that because before the direct, there was some news. Uh, first of all, Tiny Build have announced Despot's Game, dystopian army builder for the Nintendo Switch. It's a roguelike tactics army battler. It's coming out in 2022. Um, they call it roguelike tactics for puny humans. I actually quite like the atmosphere of this game. It reminds me of a sort of gauntlet type visual, but with sort of just craziness happening on the screens. It's quite, it's obviously a kind of pixel art, but it's, it looks, it looks really cool. I'm not sure if I'll be picking this up uh, immediately, but if it gets a, a decent price reduction in a sale, I might be tempted. What's your thoughts on it all? I think this is a kind, prime candidate for a demo, to be honest. <clears throat> it's one of these ones where when you first watch it, I went, I can't control that. I don't know what's going on. There's too much happening on the screen until I realised it's all about the strategy. You just, you have your little army of humans, you set them up, and you let them go. And they do all the battling themselves. It's all about the strategy and the planning and arming them and doing what you're supposed to do, and then just let them go. And actually, I quite like those kind of games. I mean, I end up getting slaughtered on a regular basis and get grumpy but they're quite good fun and this one does look quite amusing it's little blobby people and you can give them claws and weapons and guns and send them off to go and fight enormous monsters and i kind of take with it i have to say kind of looking forward to coming out later this year but definitely i think it would benefit from a demo one of these ones that i think if you play it it could be really good and just hook you and think yep i'll go spend whatever it's going to be 15 quid 10 quid to go and buy this i reckon it could be a good one yeah, I think if it's sub, if it drops to sort of sub five pounds, six pounds kind of price, I'll I'll jump on it. But I think it will be the right price for a lot of people. It does look like it's done. Um, there's a good quality in in the game as well. You can tell it's been done well, and I think that's absolutely right. A demo would really help. Similarly, this next one again, I would echo what you've just said about a demo. This is from Two Awesome Studio. They've announced uh, AK. Exolotl. So it's X-O-L-O-T-L. I've no idea how you pronounce that. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, basically an, an axolotl, but axolotl. Axolotl. It, we chuck the word AK because, you know, guns. In the Got beginning it. of axolotl, which is that, the cutest animal ever made. I see. I didn't really know much about an axolotl. Until oh, you need to go and Google axolotls. They're adorable. They're so cute. My okay. uh, side, side story, my ex-mother-in-law and father-in-law had an axolotl. Apparently they didn't look after it the way you meant to. It didn't last very long. Sad story. Oh, that's uh, not so excellent to lotles. Um, <laughs> this is a bullet hell shooter. It's coming out in Q1 2023. Again, that kind of top-down, pixely kind of uh, look about it. But this has got a lot of charm to it. There's there's moments that we've seen so far and what they've shown in the official trailer that kind of go, ah, right, there's a bit more to this. It's not just the top-down bullet hell type shooter, which the twin stick idea is a lot of fun. It's not necessarily for me, I will say that. But I do like the style of these. And what I like about this is it's got the animals, the exolotls, but it's also got uh, rainbows at some points. It's got some really unusual kind of um, settings. It's got moments where there's uh, like a sort of vending machine type thing coming up, which you can, uh, or like a, a game, a, like a fruit machine type thing to win stuff. And yeah, there's all sorts of strange things going on, but I quite like it. I am less enthused. I have to say, I kind of look at it and go, yeah, it's kind of cute, but it's basically just another bullet hell. And I'm sort of sick, fed up with these top-down shooters. We just have so many of them. That said, it is cute, it is funny, and it's got an axolotl with an AK, which is kind of cool. Um, if you are interested in it, you may want to hold off buying it. There's a collector's physical edition coming later in the year, which has, or I think it's later next year, um, which has got a keychain, an art book, soundtrack, 
pin uh, stickers and postcards. So, you know, if you're into axolotls wielding weapons of somewhat mass destruction, then, uh, yeah, hold off, go buy the collector's version. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, I know exactly where you're coming from. I think it's not our kind of game, but I do like the charm of the. I like, I like the look of it, and I think that for a lot of people who like bullet hell shooters, this could be something with a bit of a twist. Um, but yes, I'm terrible at them, so it probably won't be me. Uh, Microbes have announced. No, sorry, one more before that. Pixel Heart Games have announced Aero Heart for the Nintendo Switch. It's a Zelda-like RPG. It's coming out on the 30th of September. Um, I'll, which, I'll get your thoughts first. What do you think of this one? <laughs> I mean, Zelda, Zelda-like is a good description. It is yet another one that is basically a clone of A Link to the Past. It it looks so unbelievably similar, but again, not in a bad way. If you're if you're a fan of 16-bit era Zelda, then you're probably going to love this. It just seems to be picking up everything we loved about those games and copying it, blatantly copying it, and making another game, which is fine. I haven't really got a big issue with that. If you like these kind of games, you'll probably love this one. Uh, and well, we all loved those games at the time. So, but, I mean, do you feel do you feel differently? Am I? No, no. I, I I think this actually looks like it's really well done. Actually, I think they've done a good job of this. And the, the thing is, you can only do that link to the past thing in quite limited ways. If you're going for that kind of setting and that kind of aesthetic and that 16 bit era kind of thing, there's only so many ways you can change it up. But I like it, and I think to be perfectly honest, if it the price is right. I think it's the kind of game I would probably pick up if it's lot not too long. That's the key for me on this one. I, if it comes out and it's 30 to 40 hours, I'm going to pass because I'm not going to spend 30 to 40 hours on it. However, if it's four to six hours, I might go, yeah, I'll play that. Those kind of games I don't want to spend forever on because they're not made to be like that in, in certainly in the clone kind of world of trying to make something like A Link to the Past. So it'll be interesting to see. And price is important. I think it has to be definitely sub 10 pounds but we'll see in uh well september the 30th i guess indeed yeah. it's not that far away which is kind of scary but yeah not not terribly far away we've not got a price yet so we'll just sit tight and see what it comes out at microbes have announced smurfs cart for nintendo switch it's a racing cart game oh, wow that's a really great idea for a concept a cart racing game it's available wow, digitally and physically you know it's not a novel it's a game uh physically <laughs> uh, but there's no date on that one uh yet um yeah it's another cart game i, I kind of it's weird. I've looked at the screenshots. I haven't seen much more than that yet. It's kind of early days. But I do think there could be something in this. I, it's funny. We've The only time I... We talked about this before. When Sonic released the All-Star Racing one a few years ago, that really competed well with um, Mario Kart. And then the same years before when Crash Team Racing came out the first time, uh, that was very good. Crash Bash, I think it was. Um, I don't think this is going to compete in any way. But... I really hope it's a good kart racer. I, I don't know. It could go either way. Who knows? It's such a weird idea. I mean, you're right. There are some really big, heavy-hitting kart games out there, and they are exceptionally good. So to bring out a half-hearted kart game is dangerous, particularly with the Disney one coming sort of out at the moment, the free-to-play one, which does, I have to say, look pretty darn good. The screenshots of the Smurf one look high quality. I mean, the visuals that they've shared, they look beautiful, but I don't get it. I mean, Smurfs aren't the biggest IP, and as far as I'm aware, they're not making any big comeback at the moment. So quite why they've decided to release a Smurf kart racer, I have not got the foggiest. I mean, is this is there some massive big Smurf subculture that I've missed here? Is it a primetime kids show that's been rebooted and everyone loves it? I mean, why, the, why are we getting Smurfs in go-karts? There was 
weirdly, a Smurfs PlayStation 1 racing game, apparently. I, I don't remember it, but apparently there was. I kind of, one thing that's got me kind of going, this might be all right, is they've shown a four-player split screen. And if the screen is anything like the actual screenshots on the Switch, which says it is, um, it looks quality because actually that's when things start to sort of break down for a lot of kart racers. When you start playing co-op and there's or three or four players are playing and actually they've done a pretty good job if it's anything like this. Of course, we don't know anything about frame rates. That's also massively important. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it is a strange one. I'm kind of interested though. I, I hope it's good. I really do hope it's good. Um, well, we'll find out come winter. That's pretty yeah. much the given us is the big winter release. Okay, cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, the untitled Mario film producer Chris Melodandri has defended the casting of Chris Pratt, says uh, that Chris was cast because we felt that he could give a great performance as Mario, and now that we've done about 15 recording sessions and the movie is three quarters done, I sit here and say that I love his performance as Mario. It has been one of the funniest, most controversial uh castings how do you feel about it and i'm still strongly in favor of it i just love the casting of this movie it's full of people that i adore and i get that people are worried and it it might sit oddly but at the end of the day it's amazing how quickly you just buy a voice in an animation you just after a couple of minutes maybe of uneasiness you go yeah, okay that's the voice moving on and i just love chris pratt chris pratt is just brilliant in everything he's done I'm reserving judgment about the drama he's doing at the moment because Chris Pratt is not a dramatic actor in my head. He's comedy, but he's perfect for a Mario movie. And hopefully he makes a really good Mario. Uh, I guess, uh, much like a lot of the stuff we're talking about today, we'll need to find out. Time will tell. But I have faith. I have a lot of faith in Chris and all the rest of the cast in this movie. I think Anton is slightly more uh, worried than I am. Where do you stand on it? Well, I think video game movies have come a long way since... he-man and and you know obviously that was a cartoon super mario brothers super mario brothers the original which uh, was it bob hoskins that was in it it was bob hoskins yeah i actually watched it not that long ago it's pretty bad um but there was there's many sort of uh video game related movies street fighter was one and and watched that recently too yeah (laughs) cartoons that became movies and tie-ins and toys and all sorts i think we've come a long way and actually if you think back to when we first heard about the Pokemon movie, people were sort of like, "Oh, what they're doing? They're they're combining this with real people. This is going to be terrible." And the same when we saw the first Sonic uh, images, which were admittedly terrible, but they changed it. And I think we're learning. I think we're kind of going, "Okay, to make this good, it has to be really good. We can't just do a kind of tie-in thing. Uh, it has to be an actual in its own right." And I think it's right actually to go down a slightly different route because. I think if you go too close to the source material, it becomes that kind of throwaway spin-off thing where if it's its own thing, it can grow. That's kind of how I feel about it. That's, I think, pretty accurate. In fact, I'm going to use this as a little side thing to say, I know I mentioned this to you the other day, but if you, have you watched Chippendale Rescue Rangers the movie yet? On no, Plus? but you told me to watch it. You need to, particularly on the back of what you have just said, more so because you don't even know what you've just said. Go and watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers on Disney Plus. The new movie is just wonderful, and there's a there's a character in there that you have just referred to unwittingly. 
Wow, okay. I'm excited. I'm very <laughs> excited. Okay, uh, Nintendo and Monolith Soft presented a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Direct Showcase, uh, which they showcase characters, the world, gameplay, classes, and more, and they announced the expansion pass for $26.99. Uh, this will not be included, uh, not include Nintendo Switch Online Plus, be included with the Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack, is what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, Xenoblade, so I've played... Not much, probably four hours of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And I think there's an amazing story in there. The thing that put me off was the combat. Um, but that's because I know that I needed to spend more time on the combat. And I know also that people say get past those first 10 hours, which I have a problem with in video games because that's a lot of time to get into a game. However, as a story and as a setting, I thought it was fantastic. And I do want to get back into that world. This one looks like they've stepped everything up a level and it feels like they've really gone for it with this. I think it's going to have a big audience. It's not going to be your audience, but it's a big audience and I think it looks good. Yeah, you're right. I'm not going to be an audience. I've never played one of them before and I'm probably not about to start now either. But I admit that they do look gorgeous. There's a lot of excitement for it. But I have to say, I am slightly aggrieved the fact that the expansion pack is not coming as part of the expansion pass, is not coming as part of the online expansion pack. That mm. somehow just feels not. I'm not going to say it's kicking the teeth because we've got no rights to expect them to be in there. But this is bordering on being a first-party Nintendo product. I mean, it's not Nintendo, but it's close enough to being Nintendo that you think it should be in the online expansion pack. I can I can see people being feeling they've been cheated with this. I mean, what, I, what do you feel? I wouldn't be surprised if we see it in the Nintendo online expansion pass. Uh, pack at some point but i think we might be a year and a bit down the, the road before that happens but yeah i can see where you're coming from I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about it because i know that there's a lot of hours and content in these games so i suspect what you're getting with that expansion pass will be pretty exceptional because the quality and this is one of the criticisms of a lot of nintendo first party games recently is lack of content especially with the sports ones um so i think there'll be a lot of content in there i'll be surprised if it's not worth the money but i do agree i think for being a little bit mean perhaps um no man's sky for the switch has got a release date of october the 7th and a physical release is coming as well we did see that in the direct which we're going to be talking about soon as well but it did leak before then the game's going to be single player only at launch now i've seen some of the footage we will be talking about it again later on but i actually don't have a problem with the single player only at launch idea if they're focusing on getting that as good as No Man's Sky is now compared to when it launched. And also, I think it's looking incredible on the Switch. The fact they're getting it to to, to that kind of standard is is quite something. There are a few moments where I saw it and I thought, mm, is that a little blurry? Is that? But I think overall, I think, you know, if they're going to focus on single player, get it right, that's a good call. I just hope they don't just go, oh, we'll focus on single player and then never do anything about anything else. <laughs> I've got to say, I mean, based on their track record to date with this game on other platforms, I don't think we really need to worry too much about that. I am in agreement that I think focusing on getting the single player out there, making it a really good experience, is a cracking way of doing this. Because it means that the game can come out and people can get their teeth around it. If you've not played it before on these other platforms, playing it in single player is actually probably a really good way to really get to grips with the mechanics of it, really understand how the game works, and actually just enjoy that experience. Because fundamentally kind of is a one-player experience it was designed that way originally and then it branched out to multiplayer so 
it's quite nice we get that same journey of start in single player learn it and then you can branch into branch out into multiplayer which just gives you a whole other level of gameplay once you're comfortable with it i have no big problems with it whatsoever it kind of makes sense as well because then you develop your game in-game sort of career and your worlds and and you get to know a bit more about what you're doing i smashed to punch the pop shield there by the way that was what that noise was um but i think it makes sense you know and i think that the switch the the reason people will buy this more than another console unless they only have a switch is so they can play it on the go so it makes sense that single player is the focus so anyway it's october the 7th we will be mentioning it again very soon crafty boss have released a mod for super mario odyssey called super mario odyssey online it features 10 player multiplayer synced progression mario customization and support of custom game modes um wouldn't it be great if nintendo just contacted these people who do these unbelievably amazing things and went do you want to come and join us and help us make this a thing on the switch because it's pretty impressive that, that would be awesome. Unfortunately, I think it's more like they're going to send him a you know, <laughs> cease and desist. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of actually where I really want Anton to be here because I wanted to ask Anton how all this stuff works. I feel like he knows about this because this is clearly the modern community who are emulating, I presume, games on PC and then modding the code and playing around with them, which is awesome. How the heck do you emulate the Switch? That's I don't understand that bit. And then I don't quite understand how you then mod the game and distribute it so other people can pick it up it, the whole thing is just beyond me and i think it's fascinating and i want to know more about it at the same time i also don't want to get nintendo you know breathing down my neck for being a naughty boy which is probably what i suspect is going to happen here but i've got to say this expansion this mod does look so cool i watched a little video of it and it's a bit i'm going to say janky at the moment and they have said that it's very early days and they know it's full of bugs but you watch the sort of the 10 manuals all running around people doing the things there's a lot of characters jumping about just like you know they're one position one second they're like half a screen away the next one it's not smooth and i'm guessing they'll probably figure that kind of stuff out uh and i think that's a lot of a lot of opportunity for a lot of fun you can get in the way of your friends and play some really cool mini games that you just make up on the spot i mean imagine 10 marios with 10 hats going crazy (laughs) it would just be it would be hilarious but you can also work together you know to beat the game super fast you all go off in different directions and get all the different stars and yeah i uh, i like what they're doing here it's kind of cool i'm gonna guess that crafty boss isn't his real name that's my thoughts and that's maybe why he's you know he's okay it might be i don't know maybe it was by birth that was his name i know we should go look up the birth that's records right. and see if there's i don't know and if there is a crafty boss out there there might mr. well be mr c boss uh horror title silver falls white inside its umbra for the nintendo wii u has failed nintendo's review because nintendo doesn't want people falling off the balance board when the game gets scary i find this slightly ironic given that nintendo used to be the bastion of um purity when it came to their decisions on what games did pass and didn't uh and given the content that you can now get on the nintendo switch which is pretty much a free-for-all uh i'm surprised that that is the reason i understand what they're trying to i understand the reasoning i get it it's scary but we have vr not with nintendo what we do we've got the the paper thing but we have labo that's the one and vr you're probably a lot more likely to fall off something when it's scary because you're not in the sort of you know you've got a headset on but with this I get what they're saying. I think it's a strange decision at this point in time.
Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action-adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes, it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, I mean you're right. They have let some questionable games onto the e-store recently. To be fair, these games are. They're going out on all the different platforms and they've let a slew of his games on. I mean, they basically said, yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. They're only having an issue with this particular one. And I can see it's a lawyer that's having an issue going, oh, hold on. You want people to stand on something and get scared. Uh, we don't want people falling over, twisting their ankles and suing us. Mm-hmm. No, we're not going to let that one through. This is just a commercial department and some lawyers going, nope, risk is too high. Not going to let it. Take it away. But on the yeah. plus side, they're working with him or he's working with them. And the game will probably come out. It'll either just be less scary or it won't use the balance board. One of the two. Yeah, yeah. I suspect it'll be not using the balance board. I think that will probably be the compromise because I doubt they're going to compromise on the scare scare factor because that's probably why it people want to buy it. But yeah, either way, it's interesting. And I think you're absolutely right. I think it's definitely a, it's lawyer talk, isn't it? Uh, it is time for turbo mode. Ah, yes. So, ironically, we're starting with a speedrunner, and I'm going to speedrun through the next uh, bunch of stories, and then we'll come to you, Al. So, speedrunner Koroks has beaten the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild speedrunning world record of a new time of 24 minutes, 10 seconds. Mad. This new run employs many popular tricks, however, was incredibly efficient in doing so. Well, you'd have to be at that kind of time. The community is competing for the world's first sub-24 minute run. These people are so dedicated. Dragon Quest X Rise of the Five Tribes Offline has a new trailer and Japanese release date of the 15th of September. Nintendo Switch Online app now requires iOS 14 or higher. Dragalia Lost Chapter 26 Part 1, the final chapter, has been released. Fall Guys Season 1 launches on Nintendo Switch. In under 48 hours, its free-to-play version has hit 20 million players. I have downloaded it, haven't played it yet, but looking forward to it. Uh, Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series has a demo in Japan. We should have got a demo. Uh, new, uh, new tweet has showcased many of the new hairstyles that you can have in Splatoon 3. Roller Champions has launched. I've also downloaded that because it's a free download, uh, but I haven't played it yet. When uh, And finally, when doing press for Nintendo, John Cena repeatedly told the Nintendo reps how much he wanted a new 2D Metroid. When Metroid Dread came out years later, he was sent a copy. Uh, Cena's people sent uh, an email back saying, John loves it. I love that. I feel like he could have written back himself, but I love that. Al, thoughts? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, speedrunning, uh, this, this speedrun time isn't phenomenal. 24 minutes and 10 seconds for Zelda. I, I, it just blows my mind that people can do it that fast. And I can see there just being a massive clamor feel to get that, that sub 24 time. There's someone out there is going to be trying their very, very best to do that. And it's basically their world right now. Someone right now is spending all day, every day practicing Zelda to do a sub 24 minute run. Mad. <laughs> Good luck to them. Sure. I mean, I'm sure there's many other things you could do with your time, but if that's what you choose to do with it, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Dedication. Uh, Fall Guys being out, that is awesome. I've not downloaded it yet, but I fully intend to, particularly because we will definitely have to do that with the patrons. It just looks like an 
barrel of laughs. I think uh, on the day it came out, I know a couple of patrons downloaded it and basically couldn't play it because the servers went, nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I too saw much, that. Too many people can't do it. Nope. <laughs> just, it just wouldn't let them play, but I think that's all settled down now. Uh, and Roller Champions, yeah, you've if you've downloaded it, just go and delete it. Do yourself a favour, just delete it. Is it terrible? <laughs> yeah, all the reviews are saying it is utter crap. It is oh, just that's a shame. rubbish. It's, concept it's a great. good concept. A good concept, but badly executed, at least on the Switch. It's not quite right. so bad on the platforms, but the Switch is just its super fuzzy. There's frame rate issues. It's got two different uh, two different kind of modes. It's a docked mm. mode and a handheld mode. Handheld is just so fuzzy you can't, can't see it. Docked oh. mode, slightly less fuzzy, but frame ratey. Uh, so just just don't even bother. I mean, I know it's free to play, but just yeah. I'll get rid of it. I'll do it tonight. I I, I trust you. And uh, yeah. that yeah, that's, that's, I do that's think such a shame. The, I know it is. The biggest story has got to be Splatoon three hairdos. Wow, absolutely. Yeah, I mean to be fair, that is important for your Splatoon uh, fanatics. They do enjoy having the customization. But uh, yeah, some interesting news. But none of that comes close to what then happened uh, later in the week because we did have a direct. No rumours this week, so we're going to talk about the direct. You what? Now, I say direct, but they called it a Nintendo Direct Mini, wasn't it? That was a what mini they... partner showcase. Mini partner showcase. Nintendo Direct Mini partner showcase. So yeah, oh, easy to remember, obviously. Uh, so I'm going to go through the games. I'm not going to say what I think of the overall Direct yet, and we'll leave that to the end, but we'll go through them and we'll chat about them one by one and we'll get our excitement level uh, as we go. So, first up was <laughs> Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak Seething Basil... Basil... Gug. Basil Juice? I, I don't, don't know. know. Basil Juice? Something. Followed by three more updates in Autumn, Winter and 2023 which are going to introduce rare species, subspecies mon- monsters and powered up monsters. Not my game at all, but I think this game is really impressive. I think it, it always makes me want to play it, but I know I'm not going to be very good at it. And when I played the demo, I just didn't get on with it. But I loved the world. And I think this is really great because the free updates seem to be coming thick and fast, which is fantastic. But there's also the this Sunbreak, which seems to be like, it's almost like a whole game in itself as part of Monster Hunter Rise. So I think fair play to the team behind it. I think this is actually really, really great. And not my game, as I said. I won't be playing it, but yeah, I think it's a good one. It looks cool, but I'm going to admit it did kind of get my back up. The very first thing they showed us, it was like, oh, this could be one of these directs, isn't it? I don't care about this. Just move on. And I, I was I was in a slightly grumpy mood just from watching the very, very beginning of it. But you know what? You're right. The game does look very spectacular. It's very cool to give me this additional content as all this kind of comes through. So it's it's a... Uh, it's, I've got no nothing bad to say about it. It just didn't particularly interest me and it just kind of put me in a slightly bad mood to begin the direct. Yeah, well, I, I know what you mean because when the uh, whenever I see Monster Hunter, I think, well, it's not my thing. P- please don't talk about it for too long. And they did talk about it for slightly too long for my liking. That was the next thing that slightly irritated me at the beginning. Next do up... You want to, do you want to address the noise that just came through at the end there? Your garage yeah. door just opened and closed. It did, it did. <laughs> uh, someone came in to request my keys. Luckily, I know who they are, so it's not like a complete stranger. <laughs> so it's Love fine. It. And then And then I just realised that that microphone doesn't like it if I laugh too close to it. So apologies for that noise too. Uh, it's just a disaster zone tonight. Uh, so next up, near... Uh, automata hack and slash additional modes and costumes on switch october the 6th this is coming out this is a big game and this is a big game for the switch and it looks really good on the switch again i don't think this is my kind of game but it is a game that i think is going to excite a lot of people i've already seen a physical version available for about 31 pounds 
uh, to pre-order, which I think is excellent. I think it was the game collection or someone like that. Um, but yeah, I was impressed with this. Again, at this point, I was kind of going, this is great. It's not my thing again. I really hope there's going to be something I like in this because we didn't really know what the mini meant at this point. How many was it going to be? How long were they going to talk about it? But it's an impressive game. And it's a hack and slash and a lot of people are going to love it. Yeah, kind of similar feelings. <clears throat> a lot of people will love it. It certainly wasn't setting my world on fire. I suspect it wasn't setting many people's worlds on fire, uh, to be honest. I mean, it's been out, uh, I think, on a couple of platforms anyway. It's not exactly a new, new game, but at least we are getting the additional modes, the additional costumes when it comes out on the Switch. That's kind of cool. Again, it was a bit of a, oh, it's going to be one of these direct, can't be bothered. Okay, moving on, type it- ones. Interesting though, because there was a lot. I've seen a lot of social media talking about that game and saying that they were really excited that it was coming to the Switch. So I, it, it might just yeah, be it's, it's our a good world. Rep. Yeah, it really does. But I, I was like you at this point. I was like, okay, cool. Next up though, Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. It's a modern puzzle game with really unusual kind of visual styles coming out in 2023. And um, I loved the look of this. I thought this looked incredible. It was so weird. Um, and I like any kind of mystery game anyway, but um, yeah, it, it just, it gave me kind of, there's a couple of games, and I can't remember what they're called, but there's a couple of games that I've seen in the past that this reminds me of, but I thought this looks really good. Uh, what was your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I watched this and thought, this has got Mike written all over it, and I <laughs> I love the fact that this game is taking so many different styles and mashing them into one. I mean, it's got black and white sections, it's got colour sections, it's got sort of bits that look like have been taken straight from Nintendo 64, bits that have been taken from a PlayStation in there. It's got modern bits. It's got a whole load of visual styles all just smashed together and in this murder mystery type package. And there's a lot to recommend it, I think. And I can yeah. see, I, I can just see that you, you getting quite excited. At, well, yeah, I was, I was. It's, it's got that uh, Suda 51 kind of vibe about it, the Killer 7 kind of vibe. It's got that unusual art style, but... Really cool. I thought this looked really interesting, and I hope it lives up to the the initial sort of um, feel of the trailer. Next up, then, was a game that I know that Al, you are going to be uh, very excited about, and I think this might be the first moment in the direct where you went, "Ah, cool! This is not this is not just a, a direct where I'm going to see lots of monster hunters," uh, because Super Bomberman R2, 15 player teams, much bigger maps, coming out in 2023, and. It's a launch title that's getting a sequel, which is exceptional because it's now, well, it'll be six years since the launch by the time this comes out. And it's Super Bomberman. Yeah, I love a bit of Bomberman. And to be fair, I've been playing it a fair bit this week, in fact, because my son is, I introduced him to Bomberman and he's never looked back. He is, I'm not going to say obsessed with it, but he does love Bomberman. And I love Bomberman. So, you know, this is father and son bonding over blowing up blocks and trying to kill the black bomber or the yellow bomber or the blue bomber or whatever colour bomber it is that's on the other team. We've got to kill that one. And it is... Well, I've discovered that my son at seven years old is better than I am. i usually the first bomber to die. I'm not very good at it. But it's wonderful. And I've got to say, this game looks like it takes the Bomberman mechanic and expands it into what looks like a really good, fun game. The whole The levels are much, much bigger... The graphics, I would say, actually do look slightly better than they did last time round. And that's yeah, not to say they were bad last time. They just looks like they've had a visual overhaul. Uh, and I'm kind of, yeah, quite excited about this. Super Bomberman R was good. So to get Super Bomberman R2 is even better. Yeah, and when the first Bomberman launched as a launch title, it was a bit bare bones. They improved that. And we had the online version, the which which was free for a while as well. And that, that was pretty reasonable. But I really think that this will be an upgrade. And, and you're right, the visuals, it's weird. It's hard to kind of pinpoint, but it just felt a bit clearer. If everything felt cleaner and clearer on it, and it felt like 
a little bit more traditional Bomberman in terms of the look it's of a bit it. More vibrant and just yeah, just mm-hmm. everything just was popped a bit better. Yeah, uh, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection of ten games from the Game Boy Advance coming to the Switch. Uh, Grid based battle twenty twenty three. Um, not for me this one, but I think a lot of people will love this. And the fact it's got 10 games from that era, that is a really good collection. And if they price that right, that is going to sell really well. I can't believe there were that many games all from the same sort of, you know, house on the, yeah. the Game Boy Advance. I mean, 10 games of of uh, Mega Man Battle Network. I'm going to be honest here. I've never heard of Bomberman Battle Network. Mega Man. I love uh, Mega Man, sorry. I love the Mega Man platformer games. These ones completely passed me by, but I didn't have a Game Boy Advanced, which is why they passed me by. They do look like they probably are quite good, and as you say, hopefully some people will be getting very excited by this. I think it's just great because we got a lot of the Mega Man um, series because there's a couple of different ones, and I think this is great that we'll get this one for the fans of the franchise. I think it's it's really good. Keeping up the Something Man theme, which seems to be throughout the, this part of the Direct, we had Pac-Man, and it was Pac-Man World Repack, a 3D platformer. It's a remastered uh, classic uh, game which has been redone completely. It's coming out on August the 26th. Bit of a surprise, this one. I don't think anybody expected... Well, I didn't expect this. Some people did say it, though. It's funny, because I say that, but then I was watching some reactions to this, and people had said, oh, yeah, I predicted there would be this. And I'm like, really? Because this is really kind of left to centre. But I really like the look of this. It's coming out on um, PS5 and Xbox and Steam and all sorts. But it looks like it could be a really fun platformer that that maybe the first time around i think it was mega drive maybe originally but it didn't quite hit the first time like this um but yeah i think this could be great uh sure yeah yeah pac-man world repack i am on board for this a nice little bit of 3d gaming fun with chucking a whole lot of mini games looks like there's a lot of mini games in it a wonderful little game and to get a remaster is kind of cool and let's face it it's the kind of game you don't really need on a ps5 or an xbox it will be just fine on a switch so uh, it's it's quite nice it's not pulling out sort of the ridiculous uh, over-the-top visuals and ray tracing it's just going for good old-fashioned platforming in a slightly higher definition than we had it last time around and i am all in favor of it because I love Pac-Man. Waka 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 waka. Absolutely. Uh, it's like Pac-Man's in the room. Uh, next up, we had Blanc, which is a text-free black and white animal puzzle adventure with local and online co-op, and that is coming in February 2023. I have to be honest, this was my surprise hit of the whole direct. I think this looks absolutely gorgeous as an online co-op. I love this idea that you could play through this adventure. Um, there's no there's no text, which I love. I think it, the story talks speaks for itself. It's a bit like the snowman of the video game world, almost. Um, and in co-op mode, it's like a really brilliantly animated, um, I guess, cartoon or animation. It, it just looks fantastic. I really, really have high hopes for this one. Um, and yeah, I want to know, are you going to be online co-oping with me? A good question. I honestly can't decide. I mean, it does look absolutely beautiful it looks gorgeous and so cute unbelievably cute considering it's just black and white okay i'll call it grayscale because there's some gray in there as well sort of hand pencil drawn style it does look really really cute and problem solving does look like it would be not too taxing but enough that you feel like you've had enough of a challenge that your brain's worked but you're more enjoying the story it looks like it's going to be very story-led from what we've seen um 
is it my kind of game? I don't know. I find myself watching this going, I really appreciate that this exists. I think a lot of people love it. I can guarantee that Louise, that does our uh, YouTube reviews, go check them out, will be falling over themselves to get a copy of this to review. It just looks right up their street. But it's one of these ones, I think if I picked it up, I would play it for a couple of minutes in like a demo go, yeah, no, I can't get into it. And we'll just move on. And I, I feel bad saying that because it does look like a beautiful, beautiful game. But I don't think it would hold my attention. Not yeah. all these turtles to beat up. It, yeah, well, that is true. It depends on the length of it and what the engagement is. I, and you're absolutely right. I can understand for people that wouldn't normally play this, this kind of game. Uh, however, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And as a relaxing co-op, I think it could be really, really strong. So it'll be uh, interesting to see how it's, it is reviewed, but I think it will. It might be a sort of um, sleeper hit. Next up, Return to Monkey Island. Um, interesting one, this one, uh, because we've all been very hyped about Monkey Island and the fact that we are getting a new Monkey Island. Fantastic that they announced it on the Switch, by the way. But since then, uh, Ron Gilbert, who's the, the who's created the game and created you know all the games previously, and there's a brilliant point and click on the Switch, which um, which he created, which uh, I have played most of. I forgot the name of it now, but I'll tell you in a minute. Um, and he's been kind of personally attacked so much so that he's decided he's not going to comment on the game uh, itself, which is a real shame because people are kind of not happy with the visuals thimbleweed park by the way that was the other game that he did recently. um and it's weird because i can see why they've tried to go down this kind of slightly updated route because otherwise they'd be accused of just we talked about this before they'd be accused of just kind of not upgrading anything and he's got the budget to upgrade it i actually think i like the animation and i don't have a problem with it it is different it is a little bit you know more abstract i guess but I don't know. I think you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's my thoughts on this. Yeah, it's a difficult line to walk. And I I'm, I may backtrack on what I've said before. I'm very excited about this game coming. And let's face it, we know it's going to be a really good game because it's Ron Gilbert, it's Monkey Island, it's, it's off to a great start. Generally speaking, overall, I think the visuals do look quite good. But the more of the trailer I watched, the more I went, don't, I don't, really like it and I don't want to not like it because you know I I, I was one of the people who was going no stop complaining the visuals are great they're fantastic they take a different slant and that was fine in stills but now I've actually seen the game playing it, I feel this new art style is struggling to convey some of the comedy and the emotion and the warmth that was in the first one so if you think back there's something there was a certain feel that Monkey Island had, and it was a bit like a Saturday morning comic, you know, that kind of over-the-top, very, very um, emotional, just kind of cartoony style. And with the new art style taken, you just can't convey that same feeling. And I think that's what's got the community so upset. It's certainly what I've taken away from that trailer was, that's what I don't like about it. Now, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not going to buy the game. I'm absolutely going to buy this game, and I think it's going to be very, very good. But I do feel a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I, I, and I'm disappointed I, in me saying that. I can understand where you're coming from because I think Thimbleweed Park, what it did really well was kept that classic 90s point-and-click visual style which Broken Sword had and Broken Sword 2 and Day of the Tentacle and all these games at the time. And I think they've been going away from that, I can understand why that's upset the core fan base. And it's going to be an interesting one because if you were aiming this at new fans coming to this franchise, I don't think they'll care. But I think the people who know the, the series are going to be the people who are going to buy this on the Switch. So maybe it is a misstep to then go for a new art style. Maybe he should have just stuck with it. But 
we will see. I think there's a long time between now and the release anyway, so we'll see what um, what happens. Obviously not, it's not a long time, it's, it is later this year, but there's time for things to, to be adapted and changed. So I'll be interested to see off the back of the criticism if anything does change, but it's still, it's great that it's coming to the Switch. Next up, Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope is coming out on October the 20th. We got the announcement, we got to see a bit more. Uh, there was um, another more in-depth uh, look at this, I think the next day as well. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm i absolutely hyped for this game. It was my, it's probably my biggest surprise hit on the Switch is the first Mario Rabbids game. And this one looks fantastic. It looks like they've just taken it up a notch. I will be there to play this day one. I am so with you. I mean, it was, it was, it was a surprise hit. I kind of ruled it out to begin with and I don't know why I ended up picking it up. I just yeah, did. Same. I think one of our friends, I think um, a guy we both know, Ian, I think he was saying it's surprisingly good, you should give it a bash. And I think eventually I went, oh, fine, I'll just try it. It was like 15 quid or something. It cost virtually nothing. And it turned out to be a brilliant game. It took me a while to get into it, but then once I got into it, I could not stop playing it until I got to the end. It was just... It was wonderful, and I'm really looking forward to this one coming out too. But I am not going to buy it on day one because I know how much the first one tumbled in price really yeah, quickly, yeah. and I know that this one's going to do the same thing. So that, I'm just going to bide my point. time. Yeah, and, and and you're right. I probably won't actually buy it day one. I will definitely buy it. Uh, it's just a case of waiting to see because I think in the eShop is one of the games that you can pick up for like sometimes seven fifty if you get the base. Oh game. yeah, it's, I mean it's, it's always on deals. You can pick it up. I'm sure you'll be able to pick it up on physical cheap uh, in no time at all as well. But the game itself does look brilliant. It looks like a step up from the last one. You've got a lot more freedom to run around in in battles. You can now move free, freely before you actually engage and take your turn. There's a whole lot of little tweaks and things that they've done which I assume are going to make the gameplay uh, different enough and hopefully enhance it and make it an even better experience that I'm really psyched about this it looks yeah. awesome yeah I agree I think it's going to be a real hit uh, Little Noah Scion of Paradise from Sci Games Inc that actually launched already as well it's a kind of rogue-like rogue-lite platformer and it's um, yeah it, it, funnily enough again well reviewed this game it's it's not I've I played games similar to this I'm probably not going to play this one if I'm perfectly honest but it looks fairly high quality in the design. There seems to be a lot to it. I think a lot of people are going to really like this. Probably not going to buy it, but um, yeah, glad it's come to the Switch. Yeah, I figured that this was getting to the bit of the Direct where I can just have my little nap. You know, when there's always that lull in the middle of Direct where you, they kind of rule out the fairly rubbish games. It's like, oh, okay, we're getting to that stage. Cool, we've had the Mario Rabbids. Fine, we've had Monkey, Rabbit, Monkey Island. We've had all the goody good stuff. I can now just settle down and sort of nod off for a while. And to be fair, this one didn't really do much for me. Uh, watching it, I thought, sure, all right, little platformer, uh, may well get reviewed well, doesn't particularly float my boat in any particular way, so I, I thought, safe enough to, to nod off. Yeah, I think, well, I think platformer might be doing it a bit of a disservice because it's, um, it's definitely got a lot more to oh, it. RPG elements, there's a lot of yeah, elements yeah. in there. I mean, it is, I mean, a plat obviously the, that's the kind of main element of it, but there's a lot going on in that game and, and people are reviewing it well. So if it's your bag, then I think it'd be a good addition. Uh, rail Grade was then announced from Epic Games. It's a rail management sim coming out in the autumn and really interesting one because we have some rail games on the Switch and similar kind of ideas, but I thought this one looked really good. Like I think just in terms of the quality of it, I thought this looked like a step up from anything we'd personally we'd seen before i thought that um it looks like you can really do some interesting things with it and yeah i think this will please a lot of people 
Yeah, this one twisted my noodle. There was there were real roads going left, right, centre, up, down, over, under, roundabout. That was a proper spaghetti junction uh, of train tracks, and it does look it did look pretty good it, visually. It was probably the nicest looking train game I think we've seen. It was it was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful lighting things going on in there. The level of detail was phenomenal, and it looked frantic is maybe not quite the word, but complicated, very very complicated. Uh, I can see that this might end up being a surprisingly good game. I can see Anton ploughing hours and hours into one of these ones. It looks like a kind of puzzle game that he really gets into and loves, for maybe for a short space of time, but it looked like an Anton game to me, and yeah. I can see why. And also, I think because the visual upgrade from some of the previous ones we've had, that's going to make a big difference, because I do think that's where it's let been let down on the Switch. It looks like this is better optimised for Switch play as well. It just has that feel that this might work better than some of the other ones. But yeah, I thought it looked really good. Next up, RPG Time, The Legend of Right, with a W, from Aniplax Inc. It's a unique RPG based inside a sketchbook you can draw, erase, and use your calculator to solve puzzles. August the 18th, this one's coming out. Now, this was a game that was originally announced about three years ago uh, an E3. It was actually going to be coming to Xbox One originally. Um, and I have to say, in terms of creativity, I think this is the most creative game of the Direct by some distance. I thought it looks really well done like really well done it's got kind of paper mario vibes to it but it's got like you know rpg maker vibes to it it's just i think it looks uh really really good drawn to life there's another couple of games i I can think of as well and yeah really impressed with this one i think this is going to be one of those games that might find a big audience in younger players uh, possibly. I mean, I was really taken with this one, I have to say. I woke back up again at this point and went, oh, that's, that's so wildly different. And it, yeah. the whole thing, as I went through the whole little video of it, I went, I have no idea how to play this game, but I, I want to. I mean, you've got pencils and razors and you, you reach your calculator at some point to solve puzzles. There's just so many different bits going on in, in this, in a book. And literally, literally it's, a bit of, it's a paper book, all hand-drawn, and you, the pages turn and you... you do the adventure on that page and you solve all the puzzles and then the page turns again. But, I mean, you can't really describe it and do it justice verbally. You have to see this thing to realise how wildly different it is to anything you've seen before. And, it, it, yeah, it slapped me across the face and went, pay attention, Strollers, watch this. This is different and good and innovative. And Agreed. I liked it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's it, really, really clever. And uh, uh, I think fair play again. I think the Switch... Got really has got really lucky by getting this game. I think it's it's ideal for the Switch actually. Then we had Sonic Frontiers, which was interesting because we've kind of been skeptical about Sonic Frontiers, but I was quite impressed with the Switch footage. If that is Switch footage, which I'm assuming they wouldn't do something as nasty as not showing a Switch footage at a Nintendo Direct. However, um, if it is Switch footage, then my interest has sort of upped again. I still think it looks a bit bare bones in terms of the world around it. It seems like, you know, it doesn't have that sort of populated feel to it that, that maybe Breath of the Wild... I guess Breath of the Wild doesn't really either, to be fair. I don't know. I'm just really interested to see how this is reviewed because I still can't quite get my head around it. Yeah, I was watching this going, wow, that looks so different to what we've seen before. So we've seen it on the shiny consoles before and, you know, there were amazing lighting effects and everything was super high definition and it looked gorgeous and beautiful, but at the same time empty. The Switch version looked really quite grainy and gritty and kind of poor quality, but counterbalanced with the fact that the world was 
perfect. It ran fast. Everything was there that we've seen. You could still have... There, some of the lighting effects were still kind of doing similar things, just grainier. And actually, that's maybe not a bad approach, because if you're going to have to make compromises, making the game look a bit grittier, but still having everything in it is probably preferable. And actually, weirdly, I felt that Sonic felt like he had more speed in this version than he did in the shinier, higher-end versions. I don't know if you felt that, but just watching the videos, like, this just feels faster. It just looks and, and, and it feels better and more like Sonic at speed than we've had in the previous versions where it's been higher definition, higher frame rates, doesn't seem to translate. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that may, that may be quite good. It was definitely switch footage we're seeing because it just wasn't on, on a par. Um, but it does give you, as, as you've already said, it gives you um, hope that what we get in the Switch might actually be a pretty decent game. Yeah, I, I think that I preferred the way it looked, if I'm perfectly honest. And it's it's possibly because the combination of those worlds, when you have that real contrast and the shininess of it, it really exaggerates it. Whereas I think when it's you've less of that sort of polish, it just maybe integrates slightly better. It's it's like compressing something, I guess. You're you're pulling it all together slightly more. So yeah, I'm excited for that one. I think I, I'm I really want to see how it's reviewed. I think it might do okay, you know. I think it might do okay. I think we've it's been a weird ride, but it is a Sonic game, so who knows? But well, time will tell, I guess. Not that long to go. Uh, next up, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Early access, 6th of September. I believe it's free to play, at least to start with, with probably yep. lots of content, I guess, that you can get. Um, this is really well-reviewed, and a lot of people have bought other systems for the fact that this game is on it. And I think this is great that this is coming to the Switch. My wife actually said, my wife uh, actually <laughs> I said, knew you were going to do that. I had to do it. I had to do it. Um, uh, she said, the one game out of everything, she said, oh, this looks amazing. Didn't say anything about any other game and didn't even watch it as far as I'm aware. But she's seen this and she went, I really want to play that. I said, well, it's free. You can. So yeah, I think it looks really great. I, you know what, I, despite the fact we've seen this at a couple of directs now, they've seen a lot of this game, still don't really know what it is. Still haven't figured out what a life sim actually is in the context of, you know, the world of Disney and putting back together Disney characters that have been forgotten. I, I cannot figure out how you play this game. It does look like it's very, very cool, wandering around all these different Disney worlds and meeting all the Disney characters, which, you know, you can do in several different games, but in this particular context, it does look like it works quite nicely. Um... I did find, yeah, I did. I did find they were targeting the the trailer very much at a particular demographic. I think it's maybe how I'll put it, and it doesn't surprise me that your wife watched it. And went, I really want to play that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I think from what I can kind of figure out, it's a bit like if you took a sort of Animal Crossing Stardew Valley type concept, but took away the farming aspect and just basically lived in a world where there were lots of people to meet and see and do and and, and see things and lots, lots of lots iconic of settings and the kind yeah. of character iconic characters yeah but i think it looks really good and the fact that we can play it for free is even better next that was the live a live live alive what do we call L- it live alive i think is how they live it. alive oh, it's so confusing anyway oh, sorry uh, live alive i literally just heard it live alive that's how they described it Okay, so there's a demo with three chapters available that is great news because this game, when we first saw it, caught my eye because it's. I think it looks fantastic. I love the fact it's got different settings for depending on what you're, uh, which part of the game you're playing. So a demo, fantastic, great. I think that's exactly what you need for this kind of game. 
Yeah, we were all very smitten with this when it was announced last time around, weren't we? And I can't say that that's been dampened in the slightest. Uh, if anything, the flames of passion have been fanned and I really, really, really want to go away and play that game because it just looks so much fun. Uh, I just love its tongue-in-cheek humour that seems to be oozing from every every pore of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up was a game that we saw oh, a good couple of years ago. Finally, we are getting it. It's Dorymon, Story of Seasons, Friends of the Great Kingdom. It's a farming sim with local play. It is coming in 2022. Again, not one that I will personally likely play, but it is based on uh, Dorymon, which is very, very popular. And it looks fantastic. And um, yeah, I think it's great that we're getting. I think the getting it. I think the graphics look really good. I think it's um, it's ideal for the Switch, and I think this will be quite popular. It looks awful, it looks cheap, it looks terrible and unless you're a Dorymon fan then you're not going to buy this or play this. It just looks like someone's taken, uh, it's a cash in on the Dorymon IP in my opinion. I just think it looks like a rubbish, cheap game. I'm surprised. No, I don't, I don't think that it's, it's um, it looks awful at all. I think it looks really well done, personally. And It's alright, agree to differ. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, and, and certainly... Uh, the reaction's been pretty good to it, so it's uh, it you know. Um, but yeah, you're allowed to have a strong opinion, even if it's wrong. Strong wrong opinion. Uh, yep, I know. <laughs> a a, a, a strong wrong opinion. Um, so next up was Minecraft Legends. That is coming out next year. We kind of knew this was happening, but again, we got to see a little more. And yeah, I think again, not my kind of game. So I wasn't particularly like, oh yeah, fantastic. But I think in terms of Minecraft games, if I was ever gonna play one this looks more like the kind of minecraft game i would play than actual minecraft i think it looks pretty well done yeah i think anton described as like a, a my first rts didn't he in yeah. the minecraft world mm-hmm. and i think if that's how it is um if that's how you're thinking of it it probably is actually going to be a very good game a great way to access this style of games for for kids who are just coming up who are obsessed with minecraft of which i know several so i think it could be a pretty good gateway game um and i haven't really got much more to say about it than that uh, next up was Dragon Quest Treasures, an open world adventure coming out on December the 9th. And interesting one, this one, my uh, wife played Dragon Quest Builders obsessively and loved it. Um, and this kind of looks like some, yeah, it's kind of got somewhere between the Dragon Quest games and the Dragon Quest Builders kind of games. It kind of sits in the middle somewhere. And yeah, it could be, this could be quite popular depending on how much effort they've put into the actual kind of story behind it. But I wouldn't be surprised if they have. Um, and again, I think it's ideal for the Switch. Anything Dragon Quest is generally pretty decent. So yeah. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, actually. Uh, it looks like, as you say, they put quite a bit of effort into it. It blends these things quite nicely, creates a lovely little world. Uh, and I can see this being... A fun little game, probably nothing that any of us are going to pick up, but if your wife does, you can sort of find out whether she does think it's great, and if she does, then she can do a review, we can put it on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up was No Man's Sky, which we mentioned, we kind of talked about that, it's coming on the 7th of October, and that is fantastic news, um, and I think we're all pretty on the same kind of page with that one that it's great to be on the Switch and single player to start with is great. So next up, A Plague Tale Requiem cloud version, October the 18th. Um, I couldn't really see any other way of playing this game on the Switch, to be fair. It is the kind of game that, uh, it, you know, visually it looks stunning and people have said it is it is a masterpiece. It's really, really good. Um, and it's, you know, I don't mind when they put these kind of games on 
cloud version because at least it's a game that you're not going to be able to play on the Switch in any other way. So it gives you an option. If you can't play it somewhere else, you can play it on the Switch as a cloud version. Where I have the problem is when they put things like Kingdom Hearts on the cloud version, which is more than capable of running on a Switch. But this one, not so bothered about it. Again, for those that don't have any other option, might be a good way to play it. Yeah, yeah, kind of agree. I have. I was thinking about this. It's a really odd one. I feel, and I'm going to qualify this by saying I'm going to tell myself in a second, but I feel when we get cloud versions of games that we should pay less for them because yeah. we're not really getting the game. But at the same time, we kind of shouldn't be because the developers having to pay for a server to run this game for us that we have to dial into. So actually, they've yeah. got more cost in doing it this way. It's a much more expensive way for them to do it than probably just making a little cartridge and fire it out. They've got to make, build and maintain this server. So I, I have very mixed feelings about it, but I sort of just... The cloud versions, I have no real objection to. I think it's a great way, as you say, of accessing games that we couldn't otherwise on the Switch. But I don't want to pay full price for it because I'm not getting a game. I don't own it. It's not on a cartridge. I can't just put it in. I can't do it whenever I want. I've got to sit and have an internet connection and it could be pulled at any time. Yeah. I have an uneasy relationship with these ones. Yeah, well, I think the difficulty is, of course, that we have Game Pass on the Xbox, for example, and PlayStation have their games that come, you know, and the problem you've got is even if you don't have Game Pass or an Xbox or PlayStation, when you compare it and you can get a Plague Tale on Game Pass at some point, for example, it's very difficult to justify paying for a cloud version of a game. So I understand. And the problem is as well, Xbox series s now you can pick them up for 200 pounds it's the same price as a switch as a switch so and in some cases cheaper so actually it's a difficult one but i i think it's fine it's got a place and i think for those people that don't want another console um it's great um and it is an amazing game so next up we had captain velvet meteor which is Funnily enough, my nickname for you. Uh, the Jump and Dimensions. It's coming out on, the Jul- on July 28th. Uh, not a game for me, but it is, uh, I think, visually, again, it, it looks it looks nice. It's nicely animated. Um, the kind of real-time strategy element to it seems pretty good. It's well-reviewed in, uh, in Asia. It's a very sort of popular series of games. I won't be buying it, I don't think, because I'm probably on my real-time strategy efforts will all be going into Mario and Rabbids. But it looks it looks good. Well, this one amused me. It didn't really show you much in the trailer. I mean, the trailer for that one must have been about, I don't know, 10 seconds, if that, maybe five seconds. They had a very, very short window to try and explain what the game was. And at the end of it, I went, I don't know what the game is. I don't know what, what, huh? <laughs> it was, it yeah. made me laugh. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It's, um... There is a, as I say, there's a big fan base for it. I suspect those people were the real audience in that one, and actually the rest of us probably don't really care too much. But I think it does look well done. Uh, okay, next up then. This was one of my absolute moments of like, oh, because we knew it was coming, the Portal Companion Collection. But two things. First of all, it was available as soon as it was announced, which was fantastic. And secondly, it was £13 for the whole collection. Portal... Have you bought it already? Yes, absolutely. I thought you would do. (laughs) Portal and Portal 2. Two of the best games ever. Fantastic games. Portal 2, one of the best co-op games. Portal 1, one of the best video game experiences I've ever had. And £13 for the collection. That is an exceptional price when you consider how expensive some of our re-kind of released games from the Xbox 360 era, for example, the PS3 era, have been. And not just that, it runs brilliantly on the Switch. It's really good. The only criticism I've seen of it is load times are a little slow. 
apart from that, it's running really well and it's perfect for the Switch. It's such a great game. Both of them. So have you bought it physical or digital? I bought it digital because I don't think there's a <sighs> Wrong announcement decision. yet. Because yeah, if I know, you bought I it know. physical, you could lend it to me and I wouldn't have to buy it. Well, that, yeah, well, you know, you'll just have to, you know. £13, though, I was like, well, you know what, even if I do end up buying it physical, I can get it now. It's 13 quid. I'm going to play it because I love the games. I haven't finished Portal 2. Portal 1 is so long since I played it that, I, you know, great. Really impressed with that. And um, fair play. They did a great port and a great price as well. One of these days I need to play the uh, play Portal. I'm sure there's a joke in there, something, some parody or pun about port. Oh, I don't port an owl. I mean, there's going to be oh, something yeah. in there. Yeah, right? yeah. Put it together. I, just, I can't make this work. My brain is still too covety. I mean, it took me five minutes to figure out where you're going with it. So uh, I, I'm not sure if I can off the... Uh, off, off the top of my head but you know if there's ever going to be a port for Al it's this port Al so next up we have a real surprise this one Square Enix announcing a brand new IP which is really interesting Harvestella uh, Square Enix Life Sim there's another Life Sim for you RPG November the 4th uh, visually I thought this looked really impressive visually on the Switch. This is going to be fantastic if it's um, if it looks as good as I think it's going to look. Um, reminds me of Rune Factory, which I've not played before, but certainly I like the look of it. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be really excited about this one. Yeah, it is. It is very Square Enix, isn't he? It's like if you were to distill the essence of Square Enix games, this is basically it. It's kind of the characters that are exactly as you picture any any Square Enix character. They just look like these ones. Life Sim, so basically you're farming again, which seems to be a theme through this game. And then you go out into the wild and defeat monsters that come straight out of sort of Final Fantasy games. It is basically just Square Enix's essence in a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, great. I mean, again, did not expect that to be... Uh, to be announced, certainly not a new a new IP from Square Enix, who do amazing stuff on the Switch. I mean, they they really are proper kind of they're Switch fans. It's Square Enix, you can tell. And then and we then had, that was it. That was the end of the end of the direct. There's absolutely not. Else you just be quiet now. I don't need to eat any hats. Absolutely, None. no hats need to be eaten. I am going to say right this second that I said this was going to happen, Al, and you said it'll never happen. You said this five hundred times before. It has happened. Excuse me while I chomp on my hat. Yes, you eat your hat, uh, because <laughs> Persona, we are finally getting Persona on the Switch. Now, there's the three games that we're getting, Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal. Now, interestingly, interestingly, we're getting Persona 5 Royal first, and it's not a cloud version, it's the, ver- the actual version, which I was hoping would be the case, 21st of October. The only thing for me that I didn't like about it is that... What? Are you complaining about getting... Persona. No, really? I'm not complaining. You have a complaint. I'm complaining that the other two don't have dates yet because I want to play them in order of portable, uh, three portable, then four golden, which I've played maybe 20 hours of, and I want to play that again properly. And then five, I want to play last. So I'm going to probably wait to play <coughs> five and wait for maybe a physical of the three because I suspect there will be at some point a physical version of the three games. But I can't believe you've waited this long. You've waited since March 2017. Yeah. For this game, you've yeah. literally every single direct you come up, you've been hoping it's going to be released. It's even, finally been announced, and you're not buying it. I even bought it on the PS3 about five years after the PS3 was even a thing because it um, it was really I only had a PS3 and it uh, and it was a really 
uh, hard game to get hold of but I've still got the I think unopened version because I thought no I'm going to wait because it'll get announced for the Switch and that was like three years ago <laughs> so <laughs> so I am going to play it because Persona 4 Golden is the only one I've played any of but I had a great experience of playing that when I was on uh, a holiday to Florida I think about six years ago five years ago six years ago and it was just great and it was on the PSP uh, the Vita sorry and it was perfect for that but it's going to be even more perfect on the switch and is this finally going to convince your former co-host from your last podcast cat to go and buy a switch because you know yeah. she can the, now play these games on the switch they definitely will be buying a switch now if they haven't already because there's so many amazing uh rpgs anime games so many of these uh visual novels which they were big on danganronpa and all those games we've got them all now so yeah i'm really really impressed that we got that the only thing that I was hoping we might get was the Arkham collection, which we didn't get. But hey, that's for another day. Anyway, this was, may I remind you, billed as a mini version of the Direct and a partner showcase. What was your overall take on it, Al? And give us a score out of 10. Tough. Very, very tough. I... I can imagine you're probably going to give this like a 9 or a 10 out of 10. In fact, you might even give it an 11 out of 10 because for, for you, it was, it was just unbelievable. There's tons of games in there you wanted. For me, the highlight was probably Mario and Rabbids Spark of Hope, which we've already seen, so it wasn't new. Next was probably Monkey Island, which again, wasn't new. And then the Super Bomberman 2, or Super Bomberman R2, which was good, but a, a lot of the rest of it was okay. Didn't do much for me, and I very very controversially kind of came away from this going i can see that was a really good direct a lot of people really like that but for me it was probably six and a half maybe seven okay and i know that that's that's controversial because i get that actually this was a really big one and it was really good it just wasn't there wasn't that much in there that i particularly gravitated towards yeah no i i can i can understand that because i had one quite recently where i gave it quite a low score but on my own personal level i knew it was a great direct it just wasn't for me what I loved about this Direct, it was billed as a mini Direct, and I thought we got a lot of bang for our buck. To we got use, 27 games. Yeah, to That's use a lot an, of games. To use an Anton phrase. Um, and I think that it, it we really did. We got a lot of content um, in such a short space of time. So I was really impressed with that. And I think the fact they underplayed it was quite good because it meant that people went in there with quite low expectations about what we're going to see. And actually, I think it exceeded a lot of people's expectations. For me, yes, there are many, many games in there that I'm interested in. I mean, I'm just looking through them just now, but Lorelei and the Laser Eyes, Super Bomberman, Pac-Man World, Blanc, uh, Blanc, Return to Monkey Island, Mario Rabbids. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, RPG Time, Sonic Frontiers, Disney Dreamlight, um, Live Alive, uh, Dragon Quest Treasures I was quite interested in, No Man's Sky, Plague Tale, I'm not going to get on the Switch, to be honest with you. Um, then you had Portal, which I bought already. Harvestella, I'm interested to find out more. And then Persona. That's a lot of games that, that caught my eye. Uh, I'm not going to buy them all, but there's a lot in there that I'm probably going to check out at some point. So, yeah, for me, it was a, a 9 out of 10. The only thing that might have brought it to a 10 was had it been a full direct and had we got maybe more of the first person, uh, the Nintendo IPs in there and maybe an uh, Arkham trilogy. But other than that, yeah, I can't complain. It was exceeded, exceeded my expectations. Um, the last question is though, do you think we're going to get another direct at some point soon focusing on N Nintendo IPs? Probably. Because it's a long time since we've... It is. 
I suspect we'll maybe get one in August. And I don't really have any particular basis for saying that. I feel that July might be a bit too soon. And we're in summer holiday time. I feel that they might do it in August or maybe early September. So they've got time to build up a bit of buzz for Christmas. So yeah. that's what I think is probably when we'll see the next one. We might get another indie showcase somewhere in between. But I think we've had an indie showcase relatively recently. We've had the Partner Direct, which is suggested the next, big, next one is going to be the big Nintendo one. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, I would probably go for around about the same time as well. And I think it'll be Breath of the Wild-centric, but I think there'll be other stuff in there as well from Nintendo. Maybe some new... Uh, Mario Kart content because we'll be getting some of that soon as well we've got that to come to but yeah just I was really impressed I'm glad that you can see why people would be impressed but that I also you know I respect the fact that it wasn't quite for you because there are many other games on the Switch we're very lucky uh, that is pretty much it we um, won't be doing the quiz this week as you know we will be back uh, sooner than we were this week and we really appreciate you sticking with us throughout our thoughts and our reviews of course you can let us know if you disagree and if you want to come and join us in the uh discord chat as a patreon you can tell us properly that you disagreed many people do especially me <laughs> <laughs> it is very true yeah go along to nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us if you want to find out more information on that one and also uh, i'm going to put an appeal out there we've had ads in the uh, show now for what, one two weeks i've had a bit of feedback saying that some of them are dropping in some very weird places so if you ask me a question they'll drop an ad in or a few yeah i've pieces. heard that so, it's weird <laughs> yeah so the, the platform that we use to distribute it is just the ads are very much in a beta at the moment so they're kind of testing them as well as us testing them so they are looking for feedback about how their algorithm is doing for dropping these things in so when they are in weird places let me know. I'll pass it on to the, the platform uh, and anything we can do to make that better um, yeah. would be helpful. And we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see how they go. We're still trying them. We don't know if they're a permanent fixture or not yet. We haven't really decided. Yeah, and they do help us as well as other podcasts. And the, the, most, I have to say, most of the ones I've heard, the other podcasts have sounded really interesting. So actually... I've been hand-picking them. Have <laughs> they're you? not well, auto. Yeah, they, they give good. me a list every week. And uh, uh, yeah, they change several times of the week because they've got a very limited run. So all the ones I've put up so far are gone, yeah, that, that works. I think we could yeah. do that one up. I've, well, I've been skipping got a few of them. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, because I think that's important. I think if you're going to get bombarded with a couple of adverts in a show, which to be fair, you know... The, the reason we do it is because it generates more funds for us to be able to put back into the show, but also it means that other podcasts are being able to advertise. And at some point, maybe we will advertise and hopefully bring in some new listeners as well. But um, I think it'd be great if we get to the point, I don't know, because I haven't looked at their their system, but if there's a way that we can tell them when we want those adverts to go in, the obvious point is going to be between the news and the turbo mode or between the turbo mode and the rumors or whatever, but we'll get there. We will. We will indeed. It's an evolving thing. We're just trying it out. See, yeah. if it, see if the shoe fits or not. Absolutely. Well, with that, thank you very much for sticking with us. It's been a long one, but hopefully uh, a good one. And we will see you again soon. Goodbye. Cheerio. And au revoir.